Thank you for listening to this free audiobook created by Project Gutenberg and Microsoft AI. To learn more about the project or give feedback on the quality of a recording, please visit aka.ms/audiobook. The Great American Pie Company by Ellis Parker Butler. Chapter 1. If you take a pie and cut it in two, the track of your knife will represent the course of Mud River through the town of Gloning, and that part of the pie to the left of your knife will be the east side, while the part to the right will be the west side. Away out on the edge of the pie, where the town fritters away into the fields and shanties on the east side, dwells Mrs. Deacon, and a fatter, better-natured creature never trod the crust of the earth or made the crust of a pie. Being in reduced circumstances, owing to the inability of Mr. Deacon to appreciate the beneficial effects of work, Mrs. Deacon turned her famous baking ability to account, and in a small way began selling her excellent homemade pies to those who liked a superior article. In time, Mrs. Deacon established a considerable trade among the people of Gloning, and Mr. Deacon was rested from his customary seat on the back steps to make daily delivery trips with the Deacon homemade pies. I. Ephraim Deacon was a deep thinker and philosopher. He was above his environment, or at least he felt so, and while waiting for opportunity to approach and give his talents full vent he scorned labor. So he sat around a good deal, and jawed a good deal, and smoked. But if you will return to your plate of gloaning you will see on the pie, far over on the west side, where the scallops lap over the edge of the plate, a little spot that is burned a bit too brown. This is the home of Mrs. Finis Doolittle, as base and servile an imitator as ever infringed on another person's monopoly. For, seeing and hearing of the success of Mrs. Deacon's pies, Mrs. Doolittle put a few extra pieces of hickory in her stove, got out her rolling pin, and became a competitor, even to making Mr. Doolittle deliver her pies. The Deacon pies had sold readily at ten cents, three for a quarter. The Doolittle pie entered the field at eight cents, three for twenty cents. Mrs. Deacon stood this as long as possible, and then she decided to stand it no longer, unless she had to. F, you good-for-nothing lazy animal, she remarked to her husband one morning, as she started him on his rounds. If you was a man, I'd send you over to talk to that doolittle woman, but you ain't, so it ain't no use sending you. But if you meet up with that lazy, good-for-nothing husband of hers, you give him a piece o' my mind— and let him know what I think o' them what comes stealing away my business, and breaking down prices, which I don't wonder at, her pies not being in the same class as mine, as everybody knows. If you was any good, you'd mash his head in for him, just to show her what I think of them. But there! Like as not, if you do catch up with him, you two will sit and gossip like two old grannies, which is all you are good for, either of you. Being thus admonished, F. Deacon set forth to deliver his pies. As he reached the bridge over Mud River, Finney Doolittle, with a basket of pies on each arm, started to cross the bridge from the opposite side, and the two men, if Mrs. Deacon will allow me, met in the middle of the bridge, and with a common impulse put down their baskets and wiped their brows. Howdy, Finn! Blame hot day today, hey? remarked F. Howdy! Howdy, F! replied Finnis. Tis so, some smatterin' o' warmth in the air, ain't it? Dunno as I know if I ever knew one much hotter, said F. How's the pie business over your way? Well, now, said Finn. T ain't what you'd call good, 
nor taint what you'd call bad. I dunno know what I would call it, unless I'd call it bout fair to Midlin. How's it over your way? Well, F said, I dunno. I ain't got no real cause to complain, I reckon, but it does seem as if prices on pies was getting too low to make it worth while fair a man to keep his woman over a hot stove a day like this. It don't seem right fair folks to break into business and cut the liver out of prices. Oh, now F, Finn expostulated. You ain't got no just cause fair to say that. A man's got to do something to get started, ain't he? If we're going to fight this out, said F calmly. I move we adjourn over yon into the shade and set down to it. This ain't no question fair to settle and no two shakes of a ram's tail, Finnis, and we might as well settle it right now and get shed of it. I dassy you're right in that, F, Finnis agreed. And we'll just kite over yonder and set down and figure the whole blame business out, so as we won't have to bother about it no more. Chapter 2 W. Hen the two men were comfortably settled in the shade and had lighted their pipes, F, as the senior in the trade and the party with a complaint, opened his mouth to speak. But before the words came forth, Phineas outflanked him and let fly a thunderbolt. W. F., he said, you got to lower down your pie prices to even up with what mine are. F. looked at his companion in astonishment. Lower down my prices, he ejaculated. You be crazy, Finn, plum crazy. Don't I give a bigger pie and a better pie than what you do? Well then, remarked Finnis, with a sly twinkle in his eye. How do you reckon I can hist my prices up any? Maybe you think I can get ten cents fair a small, mean pie whiles you ask ten cents fair a big, good one? My day is that if we want to run along nice and smooth, and not have no trouble, what we want to do is to get together and go in cahoots, and then it don't make no difference what we sell at. I'm Aegean Trust, said F. coldly. So am I, said Finnis. Who said anything about trusts? All we want is to even things up a bit. First thing you know, you'll get mad and cut your prices down to eight cents, and I'll have to drop to six, and you'll come to six, and I'll go to four, and you'll go to four, and I'll sell pies at two, and you'll put your pies down to two cents, and blame my hide if I don't give pies away. Dog me if I don't. F looked worried. Oh, come now, Finn he said anxiously. You won't up and do that, will you? Dog me if I don't, Finn repeated stubbornly. F arose and shook his fist at Finnis. You old idiot, he yelled. I'll teach ye, and bending over, he seized a large, soft pie and slapped it down over the head of the seated Finnis. In a moment the two men were standing face to face, fists clenched, and breath coming short and fast, each waiting for the other to strike the first blow but neither struck. F's eyes fell to Finnis's shoulder, where a large fragment of pie had lodged. Finnis moved slightly and the pie fragment wavered, tottered, and F reached out his hand quickly to catch it, and Finnis dodged and, closing in, grasped him around the waist and pulled down. F sank upon his knees and Finnis followed him, and the two men, nose to nose, eye to eye, looked at each other and grinned. If we're going to fight this thing out, said F, Let's go over in the shade and set down. It's too blame hot fair rasslin' dot. Chapter 3 I reckon you see now how your plan would work out, said Finnis. We'd give away Nyan to a thousand pies, and all because we didn't use hot sense. I'm Aegean Trust, same as you. 
I'd vote any day to down any o' them big fellers, but a little private agreement between gentlemen don't hurt nobody. What I say is, get together and fix on a fair price and stick to it. Aye, just what I say, said F. You lift your price up to ten cents. Never in this green world, said Finis. Contrarywise, you drop your grade of pie down equal to mine and put your price down to eight cents. Not so long as I live, said F. Well then, said Finis, it stands this way. If we leave our prices as they be, it means fight and loss to us both, and we won't change em, so what's to be done? F looked out over the river gloomily. Dog me if I know. He sighed. There's just one thing, said Finis. We got to form a stock company, you and me, and put all our earnings together, and then, every so often, divide up even. Then if I sell more pies because mine are eight cents, you'll get your half of all I sell, and if you sell more because your pies are bigger and better, I'll get my share of what you sell. And when things get going all right, we'll raise up the price all around, say, my pies to ten cents and yours to twelve, and being in cahoots, there won't be nobody to say we shan't do it, and we'll lay aside that extra profit to build up the business. Finis, said F solemnly. It's a wonder I didn't think o' that myself. Ain't it now? asked Finis. But I'd give this thing some thought, and I ain't begun to tell you where it ends. I wanted to see how you took to it before I let it all out on you. F leaned forward eagerly. Go on, he said. Let it out on me now. When the only two homemade pie makers get together like we'll be, said Finis triumphantly. I'd like to know who'll stop us from lifting up the price. Huh. Them that don't like to pay our prices, they can eat baker's pies and welcome. I know some folks in this town, F said, that wouldn't eat baker's pies if they had to pay 25 cents apiece for homemade. He paused to consider this pregnant statement, and then added, But I reckon the bakers would get away a heap of our trade if we begun lifting our prices much. Finis's eyes snapped. They would, hey? he said, laughing. Maybe they would and maybe they wouldn't. What do you suppose we'd be doing with that surplus we'd accumulate? Come strawberry season, we'd up and buy every strawberry that come to gloaning. We'd pay more than anybody could afford to, and add the difference to our strawberry pie price, because we'd have the only strawberry pies in town. And what strawberries we couldn't use right off we'd kin for winter pies. And as other fruits come in, we'd buy them up the same way. But we wouldn't be mean. We'd open a fruit store and sell folks fruit at a good high price if they'd sign an agreement not to use any fair pie. And in a little while the bakers would get sick and sell out their shops to us fair almost nothing. And then we'd go into the bikin business big. We'd bake cakes and bread then, said F eagerly. Cakes and bread and donuts and buns and everything, said Finis, with enthusiasm. We'll get one big bake shop and save on expenses, and shove up the price of stuff a little and just coin money. We'd ought to get at it quick, said F. We'd oughtn't to waste no time. What do you reckon would be a good name for the company? I've fixed that all up, said Finis. We'll call it the American Pie Company, Incorporated, and being as only you and me will be in it, we'll each have to be officers. I'm going to be president, exclaimed F, with all the eagerness of a boy. All right, F, said Finis. We don't want to have no more fights, and I want to do what's right, so you can be president. I'll be treasurer. F thought for a minute. 
He knew Finnis well. I want to do what's right, too, he said at last. You can be president. I'll be treasurer. I guess maybe we'd better take turns being treasurer, suggested Finnis. All right, said F. I want my turn first. Chapter 4 W. Hen the two men had settled the treasurer question. They smoked a while in silence, each lost in thought, and as they thought their brows clouded. W. Say F, said Finnis at length. What be you thinking that makes you look so glum? F shook his head sadly. I've been looking ahead, Finn, he said, way ahead, and I see a snag. I don't hold it aging you, Finn, but the thing won't pan out. What, what you run up aging, F? asked Finnis, solicitously. Fruit, said F, dolefully. Loads of it. Finn, what if we do gather in all the fruit that comes to town? Ain't there just dead loads and loads o' fruit in these here United States? And the minute we get to puttin' up the price, it'll get noised about, and dagos and guineas'll pile in here with fruit and cut under us. He sighed. Twas a good business while it lasted, Finn, but it didn't last long. Finnis lay back on the grass and laughed long and squeakily. Is that all the farther ahead you looked, F. Deacon? He asked when he had recovered his breath. Any old fool ought to know that the second year we was in business we'd buy up all the fruit in the United States. F.'s face cleared and he smiled again, but Finnis's face clouded. What worried me, F., he said, was about paying such high prices for fruit as them blame farmers would likely ask. Now I won't stand it, either. Will you? Not by a blame sight, Finn, said F. I won't let nobody downtrod me. But, he asked anxiously, how you going to stop it? Finnis dug his heel in the soft turf. We got to buy out the farms, he announced decisively, and hire the farmers to run em. Think we can afford it, Finn? asked F. We don't want to go putting our money into nothing losing? We got to afford it, said Finn. We're in this thing so deep now we can't go back. And we'll need part o' the farms anyhow, fair our wheat. Our wheat? said F, puzzled. Be we going to sell wheat, Finn? Sell wheat? said Finn, with disgust. No such fools. Won't we need all the wheat this country can grow to keep our big flour mills running? When we own all the flour mills in the country, it stands to reason we'll have to own all the wheat, don't it? F looked at his companion with open mouth. Mills, he ejaculated. What fare do we want to own all the mills? Finnis waved his hand in the air. Tain't want to, he said decisively. It's have to. I didn't say we'd buy all the mills, because I thought you'd surely see fair yourself that we'd have to buy them. Now I ain't kickin' Finn, said F, in a conciliating tone. If you say buy the mills, we'll buy em. I'm ready and willin' any time you are. All I ask is, why? That's all I ask, why? Well, sir, explained Finnis. If our bakery here puts up the price of bread, the outside bakeries will ship in bread if we don't buy out the outside bakeries. And once we start, we've got to buy out every bakery in the country. And when we do that we've got to own all the mills, so no one else can get any flour to start baking. And to keep anybody else from starting mills, we've got to own all the wheat belt. It's only right to be on the safe side, F. F crossed his knees and smoked silently, nodding his head slowly the while. I dassy your right, Finn, he admitted at length. 
but you ain't farseeing enough. Espose, just espose, for instance, it come time to ship a lot of flour from our mills to our bakeries, and them lumber fellers up north wouldn't furnish timber to supply our barrel factories. Finnis laughed. We'd use sacks, he said shortly. Well, said F. Espose, just espose, for instance, that bout the time we needed cotton to run our cloth mills to make sacks fare our flour. He paused. We would run our own cloth mills, wouldn't we, Finn? He asked. Surely, surely, replied Finnis. All right, continued F. Espose them cotton growers down south and them timber growers up north wouldn't let us have no cotton or no timber. What then? Finnis nodded that he comprehended the wisdom of the deduction. You're right, F., he said. American Pie has got to buy out the timber belt and the cotton belt. I'm glad you thought of it. It shows you take an interest in the business, even if you did interrupt me when I was thinking on a mighty important point. What's that? asked F. We got to buy out the railroads, said Finnis. Once we own them, we can get proper freight rates. Ain't you afraid maybe some of them foreign countries LL ship in flour or fruit or crackers? asked F. How can they when we put the tariff up like we will? asked Finnis. Course, while we're buying up these other things, we've got to buy up Congress. Finn! exclaimed F. suddenly. We'll have a dickens of a tax bill to pay. We'll swear off our taxes, said Finnis shortly. F. relapsed into meditation. Why, Finn? he said at length. We'll be as good as bosses of these United States, won't we? Surely we will, Finn replied. Do you suppose I'm doing all this work and talking all this worry just fair the money? What do I care fair a few millions more or less f when I've got millions and millions? What I want is power. I want to have this here nation so that when I say, come, it will come, and when I say, go, it will go, and when I say, dance, it will dance. He stood up and inflated his thin breast, and tapped it with his forefinger. F, he said, with this here American Pie Company going, you and me can go and say to them big trust men, eat dirt, and they'll eat it and be glad to get off so easy. We can. He paused and glanced up the road uneasily. He shaded his eyes and looked closely at the distant figure of a stout woman who was waddling in their direction. Skip, he exclaimed. Here comes your wife. F. rolled over and made a dash on his hands and knees for his basket of pies. Finnis was already walking rapidly up the road. Chapter 5 Teehee Stout Woman Was Not Mrs. Deacon She turned off the street before the truant pie men had gone many steps, and they returned to the grass beside the bridge. For some reason they were not so jubilantly hopeful. T. Dog it, said F., as they seated themselves in the shade. I wish to goodness I hadn't mashed that pie on you, Finn. I don't know what on earth I'm going to say to her about it. She's pesky stingy with her pies these days. Same way up to my house, said Finnis. But that'll all be different when we get the American Pie Company going. I guess we'll likely have pie every day then, hey? And not have nobody's nails in our hair, either. Speaking of nails, said F., but not enthusiastically. Think we'd better make our own nails. We'll need a lot of em to crate up pies and bread to ship. Yes, said Finnis. And we'll just take over the steel business while we're about. We'll have a department to do building, 
There ain't any use payin' other folks a big profit to build our mills, and we might as well do buildin' fair other folks. And we'll need steel rails fair our railroads. F began to grow enthusiastic again. We'd ought to build our own mines, too, he suggested. And run our own stores to sell our bread and pies in every town, said Finn. And our own canning factories to can our fruit, said F. And our own can factories to make the cans, added Finn. We'll have our own tin and iron mines, of course, said F. And our own printing shops fair labels and advertising and show bills. Better buy out the magazines and newspapers. We can use them, said Finn. Yes, agreed F. And have our own paper mills. Certainly, said Finnis. There's good money in all of them. We'll make more than them that's running of em now. We'll economize on help. That's right, said F. By consolidating we can do away with one-third of the help. We'll have a whoppin' big payroll as it is. Well, said Finnis, you've got to pay fair wages where you have to depend on your help. Fair wages is all right, said F. But nowadays they want the whole hog. You don't hear of nothing but labor unions and strikes. If you and me put our money into a big thing like American Pie, we take all the risk and then the laborin' men want all the profits. It ain't square. No, it ain't, said Finnis. And if you don't pay them more than you can afford they strike right at your busiest time. They could put us out of business in one year. First the farmers would strike at harvest, and all our fruit and wheat would go to rot. Then the flour mill hands would strike and the wheat get wormy and no good. Then the bakers would strike, and no bread in the country. We'd most likely be lynched by the mobs. F thought deeply for a while and the more he thought the more doleful he became. Finnis, he said at length. I don't know how you feel about it, but I think this American pie business is most too risky to put our money into. Phineas had also been thinking, and his face offered no encouragement. F, he said, you're right there. If our farmers and millers and bakers did strike, and folks starved to death, we'd like as not be impeached and tried for treason or something and put in jail fair life, if our necks wasn't broke by a rope. I like money, but not so much as to have that happen. Neither do I, said F. And I'd been thinking of another thing. Could we get our old women to go into this thing? My wife ain't so far-sighted as I'd be, and just at first, until we made a million or two, we'd have to sort o' depend on them to do the bikini dot. Well, now that you put it right at me, said Finnis. I dunno know as my wife would take right up with it either. She seems bound to do just the contrary to what I want her to do. But I dunno know as I'd care to put money into anything while these here labor unions keep actin' up. I dunno know as I would either, said F. I guess maybe we'd better let this thing lay over till the labor unions sort of play out. What say? I reckon you're right, agreed Finnis. I guess we'd better mosey along with these here pies, too. The two men arose from their shady seats, and Finnis swung his baskets upon his arms, but F seemed to be considering a delicate question. That there pie I mashed, he said at length. I dunno what to say to my wife about it. She'll like to take my scalp off when she finds out I'm ten cents shy. Dog me, if I ain't glad it wasn't my pie, said Finn, heartily. F coughed. You don't reckon as maybe you could give me the loan of a dime till tomorrow, could you, Finn? he asked.
Finis grinned. Well now, F, he said. I'd give it you in a minute if so be I had it, but I swan to gracious, I ain't got a cent to my name. The end.